Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. According to Angus Reid polling, Alberta, now Albertans, 50% of them, would support secession from Canada. So, um, this is fascinating stuff. And there's another story about a billboard campaign asking Saskatchewan voters, residents, whether they wanted to leave, would want to leave Canada. We'll talk to the uh, spokesperson for that organization in a little bit. Shachi Curl joins us. She's the executive director of the Angus Reid Institute. And Shachi, thank you for the time. Uh, again, on a weekend, we keep dragging you back to this program when you should be enjoying yourself. Um, Hi, Roy. <laughs> I enjoy myself on this program. <laughs> okay. I just wanted, I just had to say that anyway, because I do appreciate your time. Now, uh, what was the question that was asked that got the 50%? Yeah, we want to go response. Well, it was about the idea of the seriousness of separatism. Is it, is it a real thing? Do you, do you see it? Do you think it could happen? Could Alberta separatism be a reality uh, in that province? And we asked people across the country about it. Half of Albertans do think that separatism for the province uh, is, a, is, a, is a real outcome. It's something that could happen. Um, but we don't necessarily see uh, the same level of, uh, what would I say, um, belief uh, in, in the inevitability of such a thing in other Western provinces. Indeed, the province that actually takes uh, Albertan separatism most seriously outside of Alberta is, wait for it, Quebec. Okay, explain. Well, you know, Quebecers have, have flirted with the idea of uh, going in their own direction over the years, uh, had two referenda on the matter. And so uh, the idea of separating, of being your own uh, distinct uh, g- country outside of the Canadian Federation is something far more um, tangible to Quebecers than it is for a lot of other provinces within the context of thinking about Alberta. You know, it's interesting as well because polling shows that the Bloc Québécois is gaining in popularity with their new leader. And with 40% of Quebecers, the idea of sovereignty is never far from their radar. They're not necessarily engaged with it now. But I keep saying I lived there for 10 years, and it wasn't that unusual for me to hear the issue brought up. What was unusual was the first time a Bloc Québécois candidate knocked on my door. Now, that was unusual. And I spoke to him in English, and he wouldn't speak to me in English, so I said, get lost. You seem to understand that because he turned around and left. Well, you know, I think the ascendance now of the BQ uh, is has a lot more to do with the collapse of the NDP in Quebec uh, as opposed to any great desire for uh, separatism. Look, uh, Quebecers just voted for the CAQ in Quebec. This is a federalist uh, Quebec government that says we're not that interested in separation, but we are interested in in the other tenets of Quebec culture that we want to pursue, secularism, uh, French rights, other things. So Quebec voters had an opportunity last year to go that separatist route with uh, the election of the Parti Québécois, didn't do it. 
I think the BQ in this case and its ascendancy is not so much about we want to be our own province and more about we're just not happy with the left of center options we have in front of us right okay, now. Okay, let's set Quebec aside. François mm-hmm. Legault, of course, their premier, is a former Parti Québécois separatist uh, minister, but let's set that aside. Uh, let's come back to Alberta. So uh, Albertans are angry, they're fed up, and their frustration is directed at specifically the Trudeau government, I would take it. Very much so. Look, uh, there was a sense among the core grassroots of uh, conservative supporters, even under Stephen Harper's time, feeling that a conservative government was no longer taking the West as seriously as it ought to, uh, taking it a little bit for granted. You see a change in government. You see a calibration to the center, center-left under Justin Trudeau, and that has certainly been... Uh, the lighting of the torch paper for uh, for many people in Alberta and Saskatchewan, particularly combined with issues over pipelines, resource development, and now carbon taxation. So this is creating a perfect storm. Um, the folks in Saskatchewan, you mentioned that billboard campaign, are probably the most sympathetic to Albertan separatism. And what I mean by that is we asked a follow-up question to the provinces in the West and said, well... Uh, if Alberta wanted to go this route, would you want to get in on that uh, separatist action? Would you want to join them? You see a little bit higher support uh, in Saskatchewan for getting in on a in a maybe pan-Western separatist movement. But I have to tell you, people in Manitoba, people in B.C., also part of the ostensible West, want nothing to do with that jam. But you did find in the four-part series that the Angus Reid Institute did in serving Western Canada for their views and opinions, you did find that there was uh, interest in a Western-based political party from all the provinces, right? Yeah, and this is really key. It's a hypothetical question because a Western Canada party does not yet exist. But the idea that 35% of voters in Western Canada, Roy, say that they would mark their ballot in a federal election for a party that represents Western Canadian interests was something that really jumped out to me, because here's the deal. It wouldn't just draw supporters from the Conservative Party. It also would draw supporters from significant segments of both the Liberal Party and the NDP. So it says to me that that then becomes a pan-Western party that uh, that really taps into a sense, regardless of where you are politically on the spectrum, left, center, or right, that Western Canada is overlooked, is taken for granted, does not uh, is not able to exercise either the economic or the political clout that it believes it should have. Shachi, let me ask you whether this idea of separation of Alberta, separating from Canada with 50% of the population are telling you they're interested in that, does it have growth potential? In other words, I'm asking you this. Is it the younger demographic that uh, – how does the younger demographic answer that question? They tend to be a little bit more federalist in their view, but, you, do, you know, when you're dealing with 50% of the population, you are seeing, you know, significant enough segments of people across every age demographic. But to the hardest core, Alberta separatists tend to skew older. 
Absolutely they do. Um, you know, when you're younger, your priorities are a little bit uh, different. They aren't necessarily the big existential questions about where does Alberta fit into society. It has a lot more to do with, with upward mobility. You know, am I able to find a job? Am I able to afford my home? Uh, how are my kids doing in school? It tends to be more kitchen table issues. So with younger voters, younger people, they're a little more inclined to say, let's stay within the family for now. Uh, but uh, growth potential is always there. But you know what? There's also what I would call gut check potential. So people can say and respond in a moment of a, a fit of peak, a moment of anger, a moment of frustration that, sure, we can see separatism being a thing. But uh, if it really came down to it, would people feel strongly enough to make that irrevocable choice? That's the question we have to look at next. Shachi, thank you very much for the time. It's always a pleasure. Bye-bye. Shachi Curl, Angus Reed Institute Executive Director. Now, I know, I know because I've seen Twitter at the Roy Green Show, and I've read my emails, roy at roygreenshow.com. I've read them. I've seen it. I know there are people who have tremendous emotional involvement, engagement in this issue. I mean, you can go to at the Roy Green Show, just read the tweets on the issue of Alberta and the West and separation. And I understand the Western frustration, the Western Canadian frustration. You take Quebec and you take Ontario between them, what have we got? What, how, many, how many seats? 110? I'm going off the top of my head here. 110 in Ontario, 74 or something like that in Quebec. So those two provinces alone, if you want all the seats in those two provinces, you'd have a majority government. And if it happens time and time again that your vote and your participatory relevance in the union is taken for granted, you're going to start to get fed up. And when you contribute tremendous amounts of money to the benefit of the country and to the benefit of, a, of, a, of another province particularly, which gets the lion's share, in this case of transfer payments, that other province being Quebec, and Quebec denigrates <laughs> the very product which is generating the income for them that they're not working for, that they're getting because there's an equalization formula, people get angry. Professor Mentz from the University of Calgary on the air with us last weekend, we were talking about this very issue, about the mood in Alberta and the idea of separation and whether uh, Albexit, as in Brexit, Albexit, were to have a chance. And uh, Professor Mintz says Alberta has a stronger case to make for Albexit than the UK had for, uh, for Brexit. When you consider, as he told us, that $611 billion dollars have come from Alberta to the equalization program, and you know that Quebec gets 70% of that money, roughly, and they just had their share, am I working you up a little bit? Uh, they just had their share increased by $1.4 billion by the Trudeau government. Yeah. I lived in Red Deer. I lived in Calgary. Edmonton, anywhere in Alberta, I'd be revved up. As a matter of fact, even though I live in Ontario, I get revved up about it. Because I care about my fellow Canadians in the West. 
there a lot about you. Because you and your provinces, particularly Alberta, have underpinned the financial success or the financial realities for central Canada for quite some time now. Ever since Ontario became a have-not province under the stewardship of Gerald, but no, of uh, Dalton McGuinty and Kathleen. How are you doing, Kathleen? How's that caucus look? You can hold your caucus meetings in a in a minivan, and you earned that. When we come back, we're going to talk to the man who's at the center of the billboard campaign in Saskatchewan. If you want to hear more. Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 